if an owner is wearing a yellow tuxedo and a top hat and throwing out Dolce, you know, Dolce and banana underwear to the crowd, all right, <laughs> then everyone else has full permission to go all out and have fun. We make baseball fun. This is what we do. All right, welcome back. It's episode number 11 of the Obstructive View Red Sox podcast. We have a special show this week. We have a guest. Uh, this is our Savannah Bananas episode that we have been talking about over the last couple of weeks now. So really excited to, um, to have someone here from the Bananas. So we actually have Kyle Luigs, pitcher um, with the Bananas. Kyle, how's it going? Thank you guys for having me on. I'm very excited to finally make this thing happen. No, definitely. So we were going to record the other night, but there was a game. And uh, tell us about uh, tell us about last night's game. Uh, so the guys came out pretty hot. Uh, it was our third game of the summer season. So we were kind of just wrapped up the world tour that we were just on playing in all those different cities. And then we're getting revved up now to start the Coastal Plain League summer season, which is the college guys. Um, so last night was their third game. We played all three of them at home so far. And last night was our third win. We won, we've won three in a row to start the season three and zero. Pretty dominate in fashion last night. We won 11 to nothing um, at home. It's kind of getting to the point where I feel like after my fifth year of being here, it's very unfair to other teams that come in. Um, whenever we play at home, it's just kind of a one of the most unfair home advantages I think that you could have in any sport just with all the antics and stuff that we're doing uh, during the game, plus plus putting on a good, uh, pretty good competitive, talented sh show of baseball. So, You know, I got a question for you. How much in the five years that you've been there have you seen the, uh, the crowd just go, you know, bigger and bigger, like that growth? Um, so actually when I first started, so the past four years, I played for this team that I'm now helping coach um, since I'm out of college. So the past four years have been with the college team, which only plays at home or they play at the other leagues teams um, in the CPL. So those those games away really don't really get that many fans. But um, since I started my first year at home, they've sold out every game since they started in 2016. Um, so the crowd's been pretty consistent, pretty jam-packed just about every single time we've taken the field in Grayson. Um, last night was a little bit more packed than usual. We, we oversold some tickets, so we kind of um, manufactured some new seating over down our third base baseline. Uh, so that was really cool to see, like, how we made it work, and we got really good feedback from, from the people about our new seating arrangement. So I think that'll probably be um, – the standard going forward as far as getting more people into the stadiums. Um, but as far as seeing fans grow in stadiums that we've been to, so this past year was my first year playing on the world tour, which was the second world, world tour that they put on. Um, so we played in a bunch of different cities in Alabama, Florida, and then we played our last weekend in Kansas City. Um, those crowds were obviously a lot bigger just because those stadiums can hold a lot more people than we can in Savannah. I mean, we can hold 4,500, but uh, we went and played in, in Rickwood field in Birmingham, Alabama, and it seats 10,000. And we played there one night and that one was sold out. So it's been cool to see, you know, just um, both just the consistency of the fans just constantly wanting to come to, out to see us in Savannah, as well as, you know, when we take the show on the road, um, playing in, in front of new fans and playing at places that we've never been before. Those people wanting to follow and, and see us play there has been super cool. Yeah, okay. it's got that's a pretty really, diehard fan base. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what's really cool about it, too, because, like, um, I've been following you guys for a couple of years now. I actually just get, 
through uh, going through Twitter. So just a tweet and just a lot of like antics and stuff like that. And I kind of got hooked. I bought a hat. I want to say within like a couple of days, I thought it was really cool. was when I bought the hat, literally maybe the day after I got a call after it was delivered asking like my experience just, that was like, that was cool. I thought that was something that you don't ever get, nor did you expect. Um, got a, I think I got like a beer koozie in there, stickers. I got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of shit inside of it. I thought it was really cool. Um, not wearing my bananas hat today though. It's, it's, still <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing that, that a lot of people, you know, uh, me being, I work full time for them now. So part of my job is playing and then the other part is running the camps like we were talking about before. So it's been super cool to kind of see from the four years that I play on the college team, you know, I had, I had really no idea how much work um, truly went into how much like how much stuff that they're doing for fans and how much the front office works um to put on a show every night to grow a solid fan base over and over again stuff like that um another cool part that i learned about that i didn't know at the time uh that i didn't know uh playing just playing and not working in the office was that they eat all the sales taxes and shipping taxes for people that um that buy merchandise and stuff like that. And then everybody, whether it's a camp order or if it's a merchandise order, or if you buy tickets, um, each department kind of puts together a call list and everybody makes sure to reach out and personally just, just thank people for, for buying stuff or supporting us and stuff like that, which is why I think that we're seeing, you know, such a big rise in our fan base because we're so good to them. And so in turn that they're always good back to us. Yeah, that, uh, like I said, I thought that was a cool, a cool feature. And I'll kind of jump into a little more of that in a, in a couple of minutes, but kind of wanted to find out a little about you. How did you get connected with the bananas? Like, how did that, how did that, you know, basically this like marriage of, you know, having basically what I think is the greatest job in the world right now. Um, how did that come to fruition? I definitely think I have the coolest job in the world. Um, basically, so I'm from a small town uh, called Richmond Hill, which is about 30, 45 minutes south of Savannah. So I kind of, I was born in Texas, but I grew up there um, for probably 15 years. We lived there before my parents just moved. Um, so I went off to the University of North Georgia after I graduated high school to play college baseball. Um, and basically at the end of every college season, you have a lot of guys that you want to send off to get more work in, whether it's getting more innings in, more at bats, just working on stuff. Um, making sure that you're not getting rusty in between seasons. They'll send you off to various summer leagues all over the country, whether it's the Cape Cod is probably the most well-known, um, the Coastal Plain League or any other league, you know, that you have around the country. Um, and there's an assistant coach on every college baseball team that's in charge of getting guys to summer ball teams, basically. Um, and he came to me and my roommate, which is uh, my roommate's also been here for five years now with me. And, working full-time and living with us well, um in really quick is that the um is that the dude that you've hit more home runs in Grayson Stadium is that who you refer to on your body that, that was but actually uh in our tour he actually just hit a home run so we're actually tied one-to-one -one. <laughs> but if you look at it if you look at it from a career at bat standpoint I've probably had seven at bats in Grayson Stadium and he's probably had 600 um so that's something that I always hold over his head um but it was really cool. I went to college with him and then our assistant coach came up to us. My, our sophomore year coming back to school, he was like, Hey guys, like we want you guys to go somewhere. You guys are, got a good thing going. You know, he's a catcher. I'm a pitcher. I would like for you guys to work together for the summer, um, possibly throw to him more. So if you guys could go anywhere together, where would you guys want to go? Bill obviously had no real input on the situation. Um, me being from Richmond Hill, close to Savannah, I'd started to hear, hear about this team that was doing just outrageous stuff, you know, 30 minutes from where I lived. Seemed like really fun. I was a little homesick. I wanted to go back home as well. I told him, I said, hey, if you could get us down to Savannah, I would love if you could get us there. Uh, the next day at practice, he came up to us and said, hey, I got you guys a temporary contract. So it's not a guaranteed full summer but you can be there basically until the bigger guys get down there from bigger schools um, that are on full contracts. And then, cause you can only have so many people on the roster. Um, little did I know, I found out that me and Bill were actually on a two day temp contract, which was really funny looking back on it. Um, but we just, we made a really good impression. Um, he caught 
both games and played really well. I threw out of the pen the second game, threw really well, made some good connections really quickly. They liked us, decided to keep us on uh, full time for that summer. And then we just did the same thing for the next three summers. And then we won a Coastal Plain League championship at the end of last summer. And then the owner asked us if we wanted to stay on and work full time playing and working camps. Excuse me, that and I, that's like I said, I I think what you guys have going on down there is pretty sweet. You know what I mean? I wish that there was, you know, we got the Cape Cod League up here, which, you know, that's pretty cool. We get all those teams, but there's no one doing what you guys are doing to try to make baseball more entertaining. Like for me, I'm always going to be a diehard baseball fan. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But like what you guys are doing, it's, you know, like I said, that's super cool. Um, so says on here you're a uh, you're a dedicated below average golfer absolutely yes uh, I, I like to play as much as I can in my free time and and uh, me and Bill actually won a pretty decent amount of scrambles uh, together through our times um, up at North Georgia as well in the, in the summers in Savannah ever played on like a big big uh, big course anywhere uh, Pebble Beach or anywhere uh, no, I haven't. My dad actually played Pebble Beach pretty recently. We have two courses down here that both host pro-ams like throughout the year. So they're like really, really nice, insanely nice by my standards. Um, and there's one right across the river and then there's one um, about 30 minutes from where we live, like where the where the stadium is now. And I've gotten to play out there a couple of times, but I haven't really checked any like bucket list courses off that I'm looking to check off in my life yet. So yeah, the closest I'll get to Pebble Beach is anything through a video game because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a good golfer. My buddies, they go golfing all the time. They all member at the same country club that's like 10 minutes down the road from where I live. But I'd rather just go and, you know, play around and just get loaded than, uh, you know, focus on what my actual golf game is. There you go. <laughs> or, yeah, I can't play golf for shit. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Like, I'll just go to the driving range and try to hit it hard, like Happy Gilmore style. And one time I actually hit the, uh, the ground too hard, broke the uh, driver, and <laughs> the head of the driver went further than the ball did. And that's when I knew it was time to stop playing. <laughs> that counts for something. Yeah, no golf. Yeah, no, I mean, it was kind of cool. I mean, I was like, all right, well, I rented this from them, so I'm going to go hide it in the bush. Got the hell out of there pretty quick. There you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. So obviously, you know, big part of um, obviously big part of the bananas is you know the, that fans first piece. Um, that's now correct if I'm wrong. That's like the actual name of like the company of the bananas, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Jesse Cole and his wife Emily are the founders of that company name or the business fans first. They started it with another Coastal Plains League team um, in Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh, a long not a long time ago about 10 years ago um and gastonia was originally where it was created and then they saw the opportunity to come to savannah continued that um kind of the founding principles of that business just kind of um increased it and escalated it on scale scale wise and then um just kind of brought it here got rid of the team in gastonia and now just um all power ahead all steam ahead and out here in savannah so if you can make it clear to me if they're a public company, let me know so I can buy all the stock up, please. I'm I'm actually not sure on the um, I'm not sure about that at all. That's a very good question. That actually makes me wonder. Let me hey, and if they go public, man, I'm in. <laughs> all chips on the table, dude. You know, I'm I'm curious who who's the uh, who's your big uh, rival? Who you got beef with? Um, with the bananas. Yeah, bananas got any smoke with anybody? Um, so pretty much on the world tour, it's kind of dependent on how you look at things. Cause when we go on tour and it's the pro guys playing, uh, like we just did, we play the same team. So we bring the team that we play. Um, we did a mass, uh, tryout right before the tour started in February and basically picked out, there's probably 130, 140 guys that came out anywhere from, uh, first round draft picks in 2010 to full-time like entertainer pieces so there's a lot of you guys really good baseball players do it you guys got bill lee out there yeah so it's anywhere any anywhere from like really really good high level mid 20 early 30 baseball players that have played baseball their whole lives 
And then you have these people who have baseball background, but they're also like entertainers. So they're great for all the video and entertainment pieces that we're doing, including Bill Lee, who is a perfect mesh of um, both worlds. So basically after that tryout, we staffed, uh, we picked 40 guys that we liked, and then we split the two teams basically as even as we could, but just made it uh, who was better to be a banana and who was better to be, you know, kind of the enemy or the party animal. Um, really with the overall goal being, you know, everybody on both sides, the party animals and the bananas had the same mindset of entertaining and, and fans first kind of mindset, which made it really cool for us because we were able to do all the stuff that you guys are seeing with no repercussions really from either side because everybody understands what we're doing. Um, but as far as the CPL would go, our biggest rivalry is actually who they're playing tonight. They're playing at Macon tonight, and our biggest rival is the Macon Bacon. Yes, sir. Macon Bacon, dude. I mean, I do like bacon, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go bananas over those guys. Now, so like bananas, what's your favorite team's name? I know you got the, ba uh, the bacon, you got the pickles, you know. The bacon's good. There's a uh, – I don't know what level they're at. I think it's affiliate, and I want to say they're double A. They're in Huntsville, Alabama. It's the Huntsville, Alabama Trash Pandas. <laughs> so they're the raccoons essentially but they're called the trash pandas and i, I want more tasteful in my opinion i want to say they're single a or double a it's kind of like putting a tux on a raccoon i guess you could say no but you said that you said that you, you split them up right and you put you put the guys who are made out to be bananas on the bananas so how do you determine who's more fun versus who isn't? Like, do you guys have them do stand-up or something? Not, like, what's, what's the I mean, it's definitely not your stereotypical tryout. Obviously, we run them through baseball stuff to make sure that they can compete at a high level on the field. Um, but there's also other stations that you wouldn't see at a normal baseball tryout. Like, we have a TikTok station where we see, you know, how quick could you learn a TikTok dance or how well would you do on camera? Are you shy? In that kind of situation, um, there's like a special talent station that if you got anything that you would like to showcase um, and then like a unique interview station to, you know, kind of like you come up with how you would like to be interviewed and, and we'll see if it's funny or not. Basically, um, it's not in a sense who's funnier or who would be better that gets on the bananas. It's just kind of who would be. It's all versus as like who would be seen as more of like the good guy on the bananas and who would be seen as more of. The other team is called the Party Animals. So who fits that brand more? And it's not necessarily like we're going to stack the Bananas team so they win every time because we didn't. And you can't script a baseball game. But, like, just kind of who fits what better. Like, you can kind of look at a guy and be like, okay, like, he's a, he's more of a party animal. He looks like a party animal. Yeah. Or he looks, he looks like a banana through and through and really wants to be a banana. So, so, so what would Steven be? <laughs> Well, would Steven be Steven? Probably just from not knowing you very long and just looking at you, I, you look like a banana to me. Wow. I'm going to put that party. in my, my bio after this one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am a banana. I'm vicariously a banana. We'd have to see, uh, we'd have to see how you do uh, through the course of a, of a trial, though. Hey, I'll tell you, I can't hit for shit. I'll make that if, you can, if, you can, if, if you can entertain, we can find a spot for you. Hey, if I can comically strike out, I'll do it. I swear to God. If that's all, if that's all it makes for me to, to, you know, fit the bill, besides all the actual skills of a baseball player, count me in, dude. I'm there. There you go. <laughs> so you, you, got the, you got the party animals. Um, you got your dad bod cheering squad, which you guys do. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, What's like the thing with like the banana baby? What's that all about? Um, so like you started to mention, so basically when we went on tour and every, you know, CPL game, we have a large cast of people that are outside of um, just the baseball players that make up the whole show. Because leading up until probably at the gates open every game before the game at 530 and the game will start at seven. So once the people enter the gate at 530, until literally the first pitch, there's something going on at all times that is going on, you know, like while the players are warming up or while the players are a part of some of the things that are happening. Um, so there's constantly something going on. Usually there's a lot of like, um, I don't know what you would want to call them. 
um, our strong suits or like promotions that we would do before pretty much every game because we do them and they go over very well and they're fun for the crowd and we can get the players to participate in them. One of them being the banana baby, like you're talking about. So all this is scripted out in a very long and like insanely detailed script that is down to like the second that has where everybody needs to be, where you're supposed to be and what you have to do leading up until first pitch at seven o'clock. Um, so the gates will open. We'll start doing some of that stuff. And then we run into the stuff that we do before every game to kind of kick the show off. And it leads into the first game or the first pitch. So you'll have like uh, we do a banana baby where uh, pretty close to a newborn baby is put in a banana costume and all the players take them out on the field with the parent holding the baby. And we kind of make a circle around home plate. The Lion King song's playing. Everybody's kind of wiggling, <laughs> wiggling fingers. Um, that's a really good one. We have a wait list of like a thousand babies, our parents that want their babies to be the banana baby, um, which is pretty cool. And then some other ones that we do, like right after that, we'll do a home run hitter, which is where we pick out a kid in the crowd each game, put a ball on a tee, put the, put the bananas players out in the field, have them hit the ball. The bananas, of course, can't seem to field the ball at all during this time and they're constantly making errors little kid gets to run all the way around the bases touch bases he had a home run just kind of some stuff like that or like some concrete promotions that we do before every game that are super cool you managed to do all this in what two hours right yeah wow <laughs> the hell so there's, there's like y'all i'm Go telling ahead. like the the script that we have i mean like as much as we have like coaches for base for the baseball side of things for each coach or each player, we probably have somebody on the entertainment or marketing side in our front office that puts together a script of, you know, like in the top of the third during the second batter after the second pitch, we're going to do this TikTok so you guys be able to do it when you hear the music. Hear, like, know to do that. Like, literally script it down to the second and everybody knows where you're supposed to be and they just tape it everywhere. Yeah. I'm How long does it take to like write that script and, like, you know, you guys just wake up in the morning and be like, hey, this is the one we're going with. And um, so they have, they, have, they have meetings. Uh, largely all this, like the script and all the meetings and idea sessions really come from the front office, which I had no idea about. Whenever I was just a player in the summer, I would just roll up at 3 o'clock at the stadium. There would be scripts posted all over the locker room. You would find your name, look at what you were doing that night. Um, if you're pitching or playing, obviously you're not going to be as – in the entertainment script as other people that aren't playing or like if you just threw the night before. Um, but a lot of it comes from our marketing and entertainment departments in our front office that are kind of, you know, taking time. That's, I mean, that's what they do during the season. If they're not writing a script, they're putting ideas together for like the next game script or something like that. Yeah. I, I think the whole, like, so obviously leading up to this, uh, I've watched the, um, the, the segment on HBO um, on that. You guys got your, the one on ESPN Plus will be coming out pretty soon. Um, I just find the whole thing, to be honest, like a fucking genius. And like, and it really is, as you think about it, right? So like you got your owner who literally, he's almost like the Vince McMahon of baseball because he literally says it's all about the experience where like people like with Vince McMahon, it's wrestling, no, it's, it's sports entertainment. For you guys, it's straight up that. What I loved when I was uh, doing some research was the fact that he said he doesn't want anybody to ask how the game was. Because if you go there, the expectation of wanting to see you guys win and you don't win or whatever it might be, someone's going to have a bad, you know, that could be a bad experience. It's all about the experience piece. And I think that's something where like baseball, to be honest with you, like Major League Baseball, they do such a piss poor job with. Where if they can start to take some of the concepts of what you're doing, maybe not have like obviously dudes like dancing in the field and stuff, because I don't think it's going to go over well with the purists of the game, so to speak. But I just think that what you, what, what you guys are doing could literally begin to set the foundation of how people can consume baseball differently. And I just think it's crazy. And that's, I, I love it. And that's why I wanted to ask you next though, is like, you know, obviously, you know, Jesse Cole, he's from Massachusetts and he wants to sell a game out at Fenway Park. How close are we to getting the bananas at Fenway Park? Um, so if it tells you anything, I mean, like, obviously the growth has been absurd. Um, the, the tour before I started working full time and, and playing on the tour my last year in the CPL, 
they started the world tour. They had their first world tour. They played in two cities, one of them being Savannah and one of them being Mobile, Alabama. Um, so that was really big for them because it was like the first true test of if they could go somewhere else and play, if the fans would follow or come from that area that, you know, we kind of got out of our comfort zone of being like, okay, like we can really do this really well. And we have a large following in the surrounding areas of Savannah. Um, how will we fare if we, if we go out and do it somewhere else, which was like really a leap of faith. But if you look at it from a growth standpoint, we went from playing in one other city last year to playing in eight cities this past tour, one of them being Savannah and then seven other like unique cities. Um, and then word on the street, we will be going on tour again, obviously starting in March, I believe next year. And word on the street is there's 25 cities slated. Um, so we're going from one city to seven cities to 25 cities and just getting an absurd amount of people reaching out, whether it's from people that actually work for these teams that own these fields or fans that would like to see us play at these fields. Um, obviously it's a larger task. Like I said before, the last tour that we just did, the largest crowd we played in front of was 10,000 for one night. Um, so figuring out, you know, growing our team of people in the front office, figuring out how we can purely, I think uh, Fenway set seats like 34,000 somewhere around in that ballpark. So figuring out, you know, how we can physically actually handle selling that many tickets and, you know, getting a following around there. I think obviously we would have to go up and play somewhere around there in that area to, to gain the following of people actually physically coming to see us play before we tackled Fenway in itself. But uh, if I was a bet man, I wouldn't bet as bet against us. So I don't, I don't think you guys gonna have an issue. Uh, I really don't. I just, um, you know, I just your TikTok, TikTok piece alone, you know what I mean? Just the way that it, that's marketed, it's like almost 3 million people that follow just there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the stuff that you guys do, I, I don't know. I'm fascinated when it comes to like social media and all that stuff. So everything like, I, I love it. So I want to sound like a fanboy, but. <laughs> we love to hear it, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I see that merchandise everywhere, man, I know that it's coming, man. There's going to be a day that the bananas will be the Boston bananas for a night. It's going to be electric, and I will definitely be there. Yeah, we'd love to have it. That'd be awesome. I'm so excited. I, I like. It's just that that really ties into like, not alone is it the people I love the people that I work with, but like all the opportunities that I'm getting. Cause like my big thing in life, just like everybody else's was, you know, growing up playing baseball for 21 years going on now, like your whole thing and like your whole life in a sense is built up to playing in the major leagues. Um, and then all of a sudden that all kind of got erased and that desire to chase that goal really went away whenever I, you know, got a taste of what we're doing here and the platform that I got to see on the younger generation of people just recognizing us like out of nowhere. Just like if we go out to eat or something, some people will be like, hey, you're that you're that guy that, that does the dance on the mound and stuff like that. Like <laughs> that, it, like it's so crazy to me. And then like all this talk about getting to play at, at, at stadiums that I could have never I would I would only hope to, you know, maybe go watch a baseball game there, not actually play a game there is just like such like a pinch you kind of moment to make sure that you're not dreaming because it kind of makes makes the MLB go way down here for me personally just from somebody who wanted that for so long and then getting this like feel and see what we get to do now it's a it's a no-brainer to to stick with what we're doing yeah I mean not only are you still invested in baseball but you're doing it in probably the most entertaining and most fun way possible you know exactly yeah I'm still best of both worlds I'm still after 21 years playing the highest level of baseball that I've ever played in my life you know playing against a lot of really really talented guys um and getting to have a really good time doing it so I mean there's there's really no complaining there yeah no that's the beauty of it is it's still good baseball it's still Mm -hmm. good competition fun to watch but you bring all that other funny you know relevant pop culture and it kind of meshes together just perfectly i really hate to see mlb teams try to follow suit and do something like that i mean chris like you said before the purest thing um that would piss off all the older people that just want to watch a damn game it's like come on man grow the hell up and have some fun you know yeah (laughs) i think we're killing it that's the cool part for me kind of personally because i'm you know, like I said, I've played baseball for pretty much my whole life. Like I love, like I, I love nothing more sometimes to watch 
turn on a baseball game and watch like a one nothing pitcher's duel shutout. Like I like I love I don't get bored of it because it's the sport that I love. But at the same time, I also love like what we're doing. So it's kind of like it's been cool for me and just about everybody else that we played for because we truly do love the game of baseball. We're just trying to grow it like they are. We're just choosing to do it in a different way or a different point of view to see, you know, how we can continue to grow up for the next generation. So 100 percent. Could not agree more, man. So speaking of Major League Baseball, we're a Red Sox podcast. Well, I'll get in the Sox in a second, but you um, is it safe to assume you're a Rangers fan? Sadly, unfortunately, I am. <laughs> um, I've been I've been uh, kind of. I wouldn't say by any stretch of the mean I'm a Braves fan just by association because I've been here for so long, but I do enjoy watching the Braves. I would I would take no allegiance to the World Series that they just won. I I mean I was happy for them, but I'm not like oh yeah my Braves won the World Series or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I like watching the Rangers. I really want to get out to their new stadium. I haven't been since they left Globe Life. Um, so yeah, I would I would say Rangers fan. Um, by trade, but definitely like watching the Braves since I've lived in Savannah for so long. Yeah, I, I would you agree. I was in a question. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Would you agree that the new Rangers stadium looks like a giant grill or is it just me? I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about it. My brother's sent me a lot of stuff because he's a diehard fan and like he loves it. I just think anything that they could have done wouldn't live up to the standards that Globe Life was because that was pretty much my childhood and I have just like a soft spot for that stadium. I think it's the most beautiful, greatest stadium I've ever seen in my life. So, um, but I'll have to look, I'll have to look at another picture of it and see. Take a good look at the aerial view. It's, uh, it's funky looking. (laughs) Mickey here is, uh, is from Texas and he was just at the series with Boston. So. So I'm with you. I've been to, I grew up, well, didn't grow up kind of moving to Dallas area till late, but you know, I've been to both stadiums. I think I like the old one better. I talked to a bunch of people too, and yeah, you know, it gets hot as hell down there. So mm-hmm. you don't want to sit in through a Sunday game, get the cheap tickets when 110's hitting you straight in your yeah. face. But I don't know, something about the old stadium is just better. Yeah, I agree. And I'm 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 trying as hard. I I think every day that I go into the office, I tell our owner, I said, "Hey, we should look into playing in the Globe Life. I don't think anybody's playing there right now. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't I don't think I don't think anybody's using it currently. So. When, uh, when was the last time you were down there? Uh, I believe my uh, my parents just moved to Austin. Um, my mom's whole side of the family lives out there. And then my brother lives out in Frisco. So I went out there probably, I guess it would be last Christmas. You ever I had Hurtado's? Do what? Have you ever had Hurtado's barbecue? Um, Try that next time you're there. These guys couldn't handle it. He yeah. already said he he just hates Texas barbecue and everything that Texas stands for. I didn't so. <laughs> uh oh. What I said was is that if I have pulled pork, I'm gonna fucking throw up. Because <laughs> I like pulled pork, but it makes me like it. It doesn't like me, so it doesn't matter who makes it, how it's done. I I'm done. Did we, did we lose him? Uh, wait a minute. We might have Irish goodbye us. <laughs> Come on, man. Where would he go? Well, Chris, for the record, you do have a weak stomach. It's not oh, that I have a Sorry about that. there for a second. Not that I have a weak stomach. It's not that I have a weak stomach. I cannot do pull. It makes me sick. If I have pull, <laughs> I will throw that shit up. It happens every time. It's kind of like that, and that's why I don't do, like, hot dogs that much at, at like, Fenway Park. Because there was that time that I – it was literally, like, 95 degrees. I had a ton of hot dogs. I drank a ton of beer. And then I was at that, you know, like where the Caskin flagon is, is that bar on the side, or at least it used to be. Yeah. All right. So I went in there hanging out with my buddies and it just wasn't settling. Like I literally went in the bathroom, I kicked the fucking bathroom stall door in. Thank God there was nobody there. Cause I just threw up. It was done. <laughs> Have you ever been to Fenway? Carl? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm hoping, I'm not sure if the first time we'll be playing there or watching a the game there, but I've, I've really, Really been anticipating that for a while. I want to get up there. I think you'll enjoy it over there. Very nice stadium. Some could call it the best. Not <laughs> me personally, but I, I, respect, I respect your opinion for that. I can see why it would be. Uh, well, if you're talking like, you know, non-existent stadiums, I mean, I'll let you have a globe life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. R.I.P. 
It's still, it's still standing. Oh, it is? And now it's just empty and waiting for people to play in it? They exactly. have like football that's games. Why, so. that's oh, you gotta, you gotta sell, you gotta sell that shit, man. You gotta get in there. Every day that I, I go in, every day that I see our owner in the office, I tell him, "Hey, Globe Life, we need to, like we got to go play there." So just every day, every every day, baby step. We we'll definitely have a heavy market out in Texas. <laughs> what's it been? A like, lot of people. What's it been like working, um, you know, with him, you know, with 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 Cole? Is it just again, just his thought process and what he's doing? Just what's like that behind the scenes like with him? Uh, his brain works like no other humans. Um, but I mean that in the best way possible. He's always, he's the driving force and the owner for a reason because he's constantly, you know, pushing us and pushing our boundaries. You know, it'd be very easy for what we do and the amount of stuff that we do to get like comfortable and, you know, fall back on what we're comfortable on doing, what we've done before. Um, but he's constantly challenging, you know, every department in our, in our business to try something new, at least one thing every game um or try to do things from a different way constantly trying to look at things from a fan's perspective how the fans would take it how this decision would impact you know maybe their experience or their interactions with the business which has been really cool I've learned a lot um in that kind of sense of things and then also he's just the driving force for ideas he's always constantly spitting out ideas whether it's ideas for marketing department or ideas for how merchandise could do stuff different or ideas for how we could make our camps cooler for our kids or the millions of things that you guys see um, us do during games or at any like before or after game that you would do. He's constantly driving those ideas and kind of really pushing the boundaries. And it's kind of us as the rest, like the other departments and stuff like that, kind of, you know, working alongside with him, but also, you know, making him realize, you know, like this idea is great it's not quite doable on a baseball field, but like we can, there's something there we can work there and like get to a happy medium on what we could do on the field, like what's doable from a baseball perspective, but also like what would be awesome from the fans and out of the box. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that idea of like, you know, the fan, the, the uh, owner really, really giving his two cents and pitching in his ideas. I mean, a lot of these owners and MLB, you don't hear any of them really voicing their opinions out in public. A lot of it's kind of kept behind closed doors, but as far as I can tell, it doesn't really have much to do with how to make things more entertaining or more fun for the fans. It's kind of all just seems to be more of a money-driven factor from. Yeah. They try, they try, they kind of, they kind of um, track growth as a company. We'll do a dinner as a company, like every quarter. And we'll track how much we grew as a company from like one quarter to the next. And they always, there's absolutely no talk about money. They only track how much we grew as a company and the number of fans that we gained from the last quarter, which has been something cool to see because it's really some of the numbers like the past couple of dinners that we've had have been absurd just because of how we're so centered around that and not centered around, you know, like how could we make more money or in this situation, how could, how could we make more money? It's, it's, um, how can we make more fans and how can we make more never forget moments for fans so they continue to want to follow us and watch us? Yeah, no, definitely. I like, I respect that about the ownership. I got, a, I got a question for you. I just came up yeah. with. Go ahead. You could pick just a few characters that are currently playing in the major leagues to be a banana for a day, a week. Who cares how long? Who would they be? Because I'm thinking of a couple guys right now. And if we have the same one, it's going to be hilarious. I'm sure we're all probably thinking the same person, but who do you guys? Um, hands down, I'm going to have to go with one of them would definitely be Brett Phillips. Oh, yep, um, yep. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> exactly he, what I was going to say. He, he's uh, he's incredible for it. I love everything he's doing. We've actually been in touch with him because there's a couple guys that uh, played with us this past tour that have a pretty good relationship with him and talk to him quite frequently. So we've been talking about it. Um, just not necessarily doable for him to play with us while he's playing under contract. That's um, I think he would be awesome. Um, I think Ozzy Albies would be really awesome to have as well. I think he has a lot of fun on the field. Um, Maybe Kike. Yeah, Kike. Yeah, Kike. He would, yeah, he wouldn't be bad. Um, 
I'm trying to think of a pitcher. Ooh, a pitcher? Because most of them are, I mean, for the most part, they're primarily position players that come to mind, like who has the most fun. Um, yeah. No, I'm just thinking of the guys who have fun and goof around. And yeah. I'm having trouble thinking of pitchers because, you know, a lot of the time pitching, those guys are super locked in and they just don't ever react. I mean, yeah. obviously – the guys in the bananas have fun with it because that's what they're that's what they're there to do. You know, they're fun dudes. Yeah. But I think of pitching. That's that's one that I'm really struggling with. I don't know, Chris, Miggy, you guys Garrett, got it, any? It wouldn't be Garrett Cole because he. <laughs> so definitely be not Garrett Cole. No. <laughs> um, no, nah, I was actually while you were saying that, like Brock Holt came to mind. To be honest, oh. With you. There you I go. Think Mark Holt would be pretty cool with that because I think he's got that personality for it. Um, Shohei. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. I feel I, like he has I could, one. I, I could. I could see it. We we talked about getting Chaz Chisholm to play with us too. Oh, that, um, that, that, that'd, that'd be a fun guy. That's <laughs> he was he was in talks with us. He was. We were talking to him on Twitter for a while. Was this during the lockout? Yeah, that's where where we get a, a lot of traction. The lockout was better for nobody in the world than for us because it, it really put a spotlight on us as well as, you know, allowed us to get into talks with a lot of those guys because, if, I mean, if they weren't playing a season, the guys that liked to have fun and wanted to do something were going to come play for us. It just – it ended up working in their favor where um, they got things resolved in time. But it was cool. Well, would have loved to see some sort of MLB – bananas infusion there that would have been well, we had uh when we played our last our last tour stop actually probably going on like close to a month ago maybe three weeks ago we played in kansas city um and we actually played this was the first time that we went on tour and didn't play the party animals so we played in Kansas City at the Kansas City Monarch Stadium, which is an independent league team out there. And we actually played them for two games, but we played them in Banana Ball, which is our game, um, and did all the same antics that we normally do, you know, if we were playing the party animals. And they took it incredibly awesome. Um, they had Matt Adams playing for them because Matt Adams got released recently. So he was playing with them. Um, we had Johnny Gomes fly out. He made a guest appearance and played with us for two games. So that was pretty cool. Johnny Gomes. We love Johnny Gomes around here. Dude's an animal. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it's, it's been so cool getting to meet kinds of guys like that and, you know, play with them and, and get to hang out with them off the field has been just unreal. You know what get Bartolo, right? man. What are you waiting for? That's a good one. Now, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good picture. Yeah, that's my picture right there. I know he's not active right now. But that is my picture. Yeah, definitely. No, but Bartolo Colon would be a pretty good um, – seeing him hit, that'd be on top of that too. Oh, yeah, a home run from Bart. Oh, that would be incredible. The sequel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, you know, if you guys could ever do like a crossover with Major League Baseball, that would be pretty cool. And just from that standpoint, again, just part of just that, you know, again, <clears throat> in the game and uh, continue to do that. Um, but I think, what, what again, I think what you guys are doing is just really awesome. Um, so, Miggy, what do you uh, what do you have as we go in the wind down phase here? I do have one or two uh, two questions. One, who's your favorite Red Sox player of all uh, all time? Um, I'm probably gonna have to go with, and it's not even that old, and it's not really like he's not his career isn't gonna be defined by the Red Sox by any stretch of the means. But I really liked the, the way he played, and I really liked the way that he played when he was a Red Sox, and it was um, Ben Attendee. He was just – just for me, I don't know what it was. He was a really fun player to watch, and I know that obviously, you know, he's been traded, and I don't even know how long he played for the Red Sox. But, I, like, if I think Red Sox, he's kind of one of the first players that I can remember watching, you know, when I wasn't too young to remember any players that I really enjoyed watching. Either him or, or I would probably pull pitcher – um, just because I am a pitcher, I'd either go with Pedro Martinez or Kurt Schilling. Petey would be cool. You guys got Pedro down there. That'd be oh my god. What uh what impact has like you know being with the Dan has had on you, you know, growing as a person and everything? Uh it's actually been very cool and it's one of my favorite things um since I started playing here and working here. It definitely um 
forced me to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, get out of my shell because I would consider myself kind of a reserved Shire guy kind of coming into 2018, uh, that first summer playing for him. And it really kind of, you know, it forced my hand. I knew coming in that I was only supposed to be here for two days and I quickly realized that it was something that I really wanted to be a part of. So I kind of forced myself to, you know, allow myself to be uncomfortable. And like we say here a lot, you know, like Mike learned how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so in those kind of situations, I've really come out my shell. Um, it's helped me become a better dancer. Um, I'm more comfortable on just about any dance floor now, because if you can dance in front of 4,000 people, you can you can do just about anything. Um, so I'd say in a sense, it made me more confident and stuff like that, that I'm not necessarily good at or not afraid to try something. Um, kind of as, as far as that goes and just kind of having a different outlook on on not so much your own personal experience that you're having, but like, how can you make experiences better for other people that are around you? And that's kind of just falls back on the fans first kind of thing at the way that they look at things. Like, you know, during those games, I'm not so caught up on like how, you know, like how good can I play this game or how, like, can I throw a no hitter to this game? I'm, I'm kind of in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking about, you know, like what would be really cool if I was sitting in the stands right now and I was watching me pitch, like what would be something really cool that I could do? Going yeah. fist. <laughs> there you go there i have it that's fine <laughs> pull that cranky man do it <laughs> you know i got one question where do i apply where do you play where do i what, apply for a where job do you, oh apply um you can apply <laughs> yeah i'm coming our, you can you can apply on our website and then the next time that we have a tryout is they're open tryouts like all you have to do is register you don't have to pay anything to come and you can just you know come out and see, and see what happens, you know. You don't you don't know what's gonna happen until you try. I'm just gonna throw a Willie Mays haze. That'll be my that'll be my shtick, man. I can't run there very fast though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the playing the playing is about when I got hurt playing men's softball last year, rounding third and, and popping my hamstring, uh, the playing days from me are over. So that's <laughs> that, that's over and done with. So uh, retired jersey, Chris. Well, you know, if 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 Bill Lee can do it, I don't see why you couldn't. I mean I mean, I have no Bill Lee, Bill Lee, I mean, Bill Lee was probably the best reliever out of our pen this world tour at the ripe age of 75. I mean, I'll walk out of the stands with a beer and I'll try. I'll give it I'll give it a <laughs> whirl on the mound. Like, I have no problem doing that. Um, but, yeah, no, the, I can't hit. I, it was a good glove. No, I have no bat, though. That's my problem. But, well, that counts for something, at least. So, um, but, yeah, no, that's uh, – this has been cool. I'd say, like I said, the – you know, from like the outside type of thing, being able to kind of see what you guys do and then actually have an opportunity to kind of talk to, um, you know, again, a player and someone who kind of lives in it, just kind of getting like an idea of just what the whole experience, like it, it's really cool. We do appreciate, um, you know, you coming on. We're still a new Red Sox podcast. We're, you know, we're only 11 episodes in. So um, you're our second guest. We had Bob Nightingale a couple of weeks back. So there we go. So second, no, second are- we had a third, but we don't really count her because she was well, no, just a crazy so, Red Sox fan. Yeah, what we try to do is we try to have Sox fans from social media come on to the show, and we had we had a, a special guest who had a tweet that blew up, so we got her on here. So um, special is that what we're calling it? What is it? <laughs> okay, I'm not shit talking. I'm sorry. No, the the, the the Betty's had enough enough time on on the show, and we're moving on from Betty now. <laughs> okay. Third straight episode. I'm not giving her any more uh, after Sunday. I'm all set. Um, call it love. Yeah. No, no more love. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off because I'm going to go on a rant like I did last yeah, week. Yeah, Bob Bob was cool too, though. I mean, he was – he wasn't uh, – you know, he was a good dude. He was fun to talk to and interesting. Um, but, you know, it's kind of nice to have something like baseball-oriented with a little bit of – entertainment in the mix as well you know kind of hearing the whole two sides of the story what's going on behind the scenes versus yeah. what you actually see you know gotcha. yeah it's, it's super cool and I wish I, I I hope going forward um the more and more you know we kind of grow and following and um you know word gets out more I just hope that you know more people that that wing way left on that on that pure side of baseball just you know you don't have to take 
um, anything that we that we say to heart or anything like that. Just just give it a try. Just come check out a game. Come see how good the baseball actually is amidst all of the absurd stuff that's going around the game. And and if you hate it after that, then you hate it. But I mean, you can't help but try it at least once. I feel like so. I'd love to go. The banana ball wasn't sold out for the rest of the summer. Um, we will. I mean, tickets will go on sale once we announce, once we figure out where we're even playing um, for the next tour. So, so you guys, you guys stay on the lookout for those because if we're anywhere up by, by where you guys are at, I would love to have you guys out to a game. You could definitely throw a few uh, tickets aside for your boy. <laughs> I can, I can, I, I can do something like that. I've been here for a while. All right. Help okay, me in, dude. The next thing that's on like the, the, uh, bucket list little checklist bingo card of people would we would love to have jesse on sometime because i just like i said i again i am fascinated with what he's done and and stuff like that so um that's kind of his story from that hbo well there's that and you know i'm gonna tell you what he comes on the podcast i will find a yellow banana like a uh, tuxedo suit and i will wear it during the, <laughs> the podcast too like i'm sure he'd like that i would find a way to do that so um <laughs> But no, we again we appreciate we have a, another member of the the crew, but uh, he's actually he was actually working. He was hiding in the stock room trying to record, and then he had to Irish goodbye us. So um, unfortunately, Jamie was not able to uh, to be here. So we'll uh, you know, sorry, Jamie. But uh, but again, Kyle, thank you for uh, for being on the podcast, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, episode eleven in the books, Savannah Bananas. It'll be out soon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me and for taking the time to stick with it after yesterday's in- inconvenience. <laughs> nope, so you're all good. All right. Well, I, uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys in the future. And I hope, you know, not only to play in Fenway, but hopefully if it's not next year to play somewhere up around there and, and get you guys out to a game. Oh, we'll be yeah, wait, man. Thank you. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you.